In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. I learned um, when I was in seminary uh, in preaching courses that uh, it's really important for the preacher in any situation to certainly walk through life with the Bible under one arm and then um, a copy of the local newspaper and really announcements about the community that they're about to preach in under the other tucked along with those things. And so I, I feel it's really important for me to, at the outset of this, to, to acknowledge my, um, uh, my own grief and the grief of the community with the announcement yesterday that um, uh, your, your sexton, your facilities manager, James Ballard, um, died yesterday. And uh, I was shocked when I got the email from Dean Pogue about that and, uh, and saddened as well. Um, James is a, 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 a wonderful soul. And, a, and, a, and an incredible leader and a wonderful pastor and I can't count the amount of times that I came here for some various things and he would be sitting right there at the reception area having already opened the doors having already adjusted the thermostats having already started the coffee and and ready to welcome God's people into this place and really dare I say as a host uh, for all of you and for all of us who can't come here seeking spiritual refuge um, I'd like to go ahead and offer up the, the reality that while James handled some of the things like light bulbs and opening doors and turning on coffee pots and facilities management, that he really was a pastoral associate um, to the clergy and the leadership of this parish. And he will be someone who will indeed be missed. And uh, so I'd like to make sure that I acknowledge that right now, that that is in all of our hearts at this moment. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful also for his life and his example as a shepherd, as a shepherd to God's people, and as a shepherd that led God's people and opened the doors up. I am, um, you all know that I'm not from Mississippi. Everybody knows that I'm from uh, Los Angeles, California. In fact, I, uh, when I go to House of Bishop things, um, you know, I'll often say, hey, Brian Sage, Mississippi, and they say, oh, you're the guy from California, right? I'm, I'm, I kid you not, that's, that's one of the things that comes along. You're, you're Bishop Deadhead, that kind of, you know, but anyhow. Um, believe it or not, when I was growing up in, in, in Southern California, I say Southern because it was a suburb of Los Angeles. It was Thousand Oaks, California, which is about 40 miles to the north of, of Los Angeles. But it was really rural at that point when I was growing up. This was, I was born in 1963, so this was like in the 70s and the, and the um, late 60s and the 70s when I remember. And I can remember going to school and my mom driving us to school in a Rambler. Um, and, and, and we had to wait. We had to wait to get to school because the traffic was stopped because there was a herd of sheep on the road. I'm not kidding. You. I mean, that, was, that area was known for a lot of farmland. It was known for a lot of grazing land. And, and I, I watched as some of these Basque um, shepherds who lived there and lived around there would carefully guide the sheep across to safety and carefully 
open the gates to let them into the other pastures where they were supposed to be. I watched as all that took place and, and, and watched them again lead them back out the next day to graze and to find the nourishment and the sustenance they needed. So, I, I, you know, in spite of being this dude from Los Angeles, um, I, I'm familiar with the, that piece of things and I'm grateful, I'm grateful that God has given us shepherds. And I'm grateful that on this Good Shepherd Sunday, that's what today is often known as, Good Shepherd Sunday, 23rd Psalm, lectionary that reflects upon the shepherds and the sheep that we all represent. I'm grateful that not only do we give thanks for the life of James Ballard, but we also get to shepherd new ones into the faith. I'm grateful that we get to shepherd folks who are making a profession of faith and being confirmed, confirming their baptismal vows. I'm grateful that we get to, again, open the gate and let them in and to experience God's love. And all of us, not just me, because I carry that tall thing that looks like a shepherd's crook, all of us become the shepherd of the flock. All of us play a part in shepherding. All of us play a part as pastors and ministers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to push over into Acts, okay? I love Acts. I love the Acts of the Apostles. And, and, and while Acts doesn't necessarily have a lesson today that takes, talks about shepherds and stuff like that, it does give us a feature of one of the good and great shepherds of the faith, namely Peter. Okay, but I'm always a big fan of, and I believe that you got to, in order to really illuminate Acts, you got to go back a little bit. So I, I promise I'm not going to make this go on forever, okay? But I'm going to go back a little bit to the beginning of Acts. Remember, Acts is the sequel to Luke's gospel, okay? Acts is the sequel to the gospel. We're all familiar with gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, but Acts comes right after Luke's gospel and really features for us some of the formation of the early church, really features and, show, and points out some of the ways the early church and the history of our salvation began to really take root and begin to, began to find its way in the, in the early church. Now, remember, it was in Acts early on when we have the first Pentecost, the birthday of the church. All those tongues of fire descended upon God's people when they were gathered at the first ecumenical um, council. Some would argue that, but I think it was the first ecumenical council. The um, God's people gathered and the church was born. And at that point in history, Christianity as an expression is still kind of a, um, a sect of Judaism. It's still just sort of a splinter group of Judaism with Jews and folks from Israel who believed that they have met the Messiah, okay? And so it's still operating somewhat like that. And there's still a lot of question as to whether or not the mission of Christianity should extend beyond the chosen of Israel, beyond the chosen people. But this is where we begin to see a shift and we can watch the ark take place in Acts to where all of a sudden there's a much more pronounced ministry outside of the walls of Judaism. We're pushing outside this point and with Paul and Peter, we begin to see the influence of Christianity spread and the influence of Christianity clearly spread beyond the Jewish community. In fact, we begin looking back at the many ways that Jesus extended 
the invitation to the salvation which he so freely offered to the men and women who came from outside the chosen of Israel. Okay, so we get to this lesson today, and we have this ninth chapter of Acts, and we get a couple of really cool things. Right before this, we have Paul begin his conversion and begin his ministry, planting churches, and now we've got Peter, who's already been established somewhat as the shepherd of the new faith, already been established as someone who's been preaching and practicing his faith. And now there's a, uh, there's a death. There's a death in a community of faith. And there's a death amongst someone who's beloved in that community. Beloved. Her name is Dorcas. That's the Greek name. Tabitha was her, was her Jewish name. And, and she passes away and everyone is racked with grief. They're racked with grief for a lot of reasons. She was well known to them. She provided a great service to them with, in her part in keeping the community together by giving gifts of, and, and clothes and garments and such. And so she was a really important part of sharing that very visible sacramental sign of God's love that comes from working and taking your part in the community of faith. But she has passed away. So they send word to Peter, you know, because remember, he's the shepherd now, and saying, come on, we need you here. We need you to provide pastoral care. We need you to provide counseling. We need your help, your help. So when Peter gets there, he finds the family, finds the friends, finds the widows grieving, and you can only, I, I can only imagine how he felt. Probably, it was probably a lot like me the first time I was called as a CPE student into a room where someone had just lost a loved one. You know, I was like, up against the wall thinking, oh my God, now what do I say? I suspect Peter had that feeling. But what did he do? I love it. He told them all to leave the room. Told them all to leave the room, and then he prayed. It says that he prayed. Didn't take anything for granted. Didn't think, man, I got all the answers now. I'm the shepherd. He stopped and he prayed. I'm... I don't want to pretend like I knew what Peter was thinking about when he prayed, but I suspect he was asking for strength. I suspect he was asking for support. I think he's asking God, what do I do next? But I think he was ultimately asking God to be present at that moment. Be present for that woman who had just died. Be present for her family and friends. Be present for all those who are grieving this horrible loss. Then we're told in Holy Scripture that a miracle took place. A miracle took place as Dorcas sat up and woke up from the dead, came out and greeted the people, and resumed her ministry. Resumed her ministry. Friends, I don't want to take any guess about what took place that day, except that she was resurrected. She joined resurrected life with our Lord and Savior. She found new life, which all of us are called to experience in Christ. She lived again, and she continued to be a sacramental example of God's love alive in the world. Peter didn't know what to do, is my opinion. So he prayed. When we find ourselves dealing with our own grief, 
when we find ourselves dealing with our own disillusion, when we find ourselves dealing with our own dis-ease, when we find ourselves dealing with our own discomfort, when we find ourselves without words, I challenge you, stop, say a prayer, ask for God's direction. I'm excited today that we celebrate baptisms and confirmations. I'm excited today that we're looking forward in the life of this community to a new dean, a new shepherd of this flock. I'm excited today that we are continuing to give thanks for the clergy we have and your interim dean's ministry, which is coming to a close, and his shepherding of all of you. But mostly, I'm excited for the Spirit of God that lives in this place, the Spirit of God that holds you together when we lose someone special, the Spirit of God which calls us to raise up new Christians through baptism and confirmation, and the Spirit of God that calls us to get up like Dorcas, to go out and to show and give the gifts of our hearts and our labors to the community at large. Thanks be to God. In the name of God, amen.